Hey, San Diego First Church family. So good to be with you again. Uh, This is Pastor Matt Wilson. And uh, this morning we are looking at our first impressions of the sermon text, uh, the lectionary passage that will be the sermon text for this coming Sunday, which comes out of Isaiah 9. Uh, Pastor D is with us. Pastor D, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good to be with you. Um, As I mentioned, Isaiah 9 uh, verses 1 through 4 are going to be our uh, the passage we're going to be talking about this morning, as well as the sermon text for this Sunday. I uh, would love for you just to give us a little bit of, um, we've been in Isaiah for the last several weeks, kind of how has this, uh, the, the sermon journey been over the last few weeks? Where have we gone the last few weeks? Yeah, we've, uh, tracked with Isaiah for most of the Advent season and then into this month of January. And this is actually the last of these Isaiah entries that we're going to do next week. We'll stay in the Old Testament prophets uh, by digging into Micah before we make a shift into 1 Corinthians. Um, But this is in many ways a beautiful conclusion to our journey together in the book of Isaiah, um, Mm. chapter 9. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me read Isaiah chapter 9, 1 through 4 for us, and then we will jump right into our first uh, initial impressions of it. Isaiah 9, chapter 1, or verse 1. But there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zubalun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as they, as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder for the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian." Here's the word out of Isaiah. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So uh, tell us kind of what uh, initially strikes you and uh, what questions you have, what, what, uh, what comes to the surface. I think the first thing for me, it wasn't necessarily anything that jumped off the page, but I was reminded as we went into, or as I jumped into Isaiah nine, that this book of Isaiah, it appears, spans a broader length of time than just about any book in Scripture. We can look at specific passages like um, the genealogy uh, in the Gospels that span generation after generation after generation, but it's a specific chapter that takes us backwards in time. Or we can look at the... um, opening chapters of Genesis and span long, long, long uh, spans of time in 
those particular passages. But in terms of a book that um, guides us through the journey of the people of God, this book appears to cover um, a long span of time. And so when I look at Isaiah 9, trying to make sense of where the people of God were at that time uh, and and what this might be addressing, the concerns of invasion, the mm-hmm. pressure of outside forces that um, were probably trying to destroy them and they were probably aware of those things and what it felt like to live in the shadows of those whose desires for them were malevolent, were, were yeah. not good. And so it was just, that was one of the things that jumped off the page to me. Um, I also am um, often intrigued by names of mm-hmm. uh, countries or places that are unfamiliar. Yeah. And so digging in deeper to um, these two lands that are referenced and figuring out a little bit more of their connection um, to this particular group of people. Um, those two things jumped off the page um, yeah. or at least came to my attention. And then I am also taken with the um, the language that's used about the land of shadows or the land of darkness, mm-hmm. oh, the, sure. the gloom. And you know, Matt, in our conversations, my interest in what it means to explore the shadow of our own life. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are those things that cast shadows from the outside on us, but there are also shadow parts of ourself that are worth exploring. And anytime I see it in scripture, it ignites for me some questions about uh, the exploration of the shadow lands or uh, lands of darkness, both outwardly and inwardly in my journey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm struck by that language as well, um, for very similar reasons of um, there are there are parts of us, and not just in creation, right? There's only certain, you know, flora and fauna that exist in darkness, uh, that there's life there. Um, even in our own created world, we can see uh see that's the case but even in our own interior lives that um we often assume darkness as a bad thing as something that's um to be shunned or to to relieve or to get out of and not really explore but that there is a lot to explore in the in darkness um that there's there there remains uh, life in that darkness and so to shine light in the darkness is a fast just a fascinating metaphor um, and especially for my own journey um, of thinking of my son who is uh, visually impaired who lives a part of his life in some sort of darkness although we don't know you know how much he sees he does see something but it's not everything it's not what you and I would be able to see um, but just kind of using even my own son as a as a uh, a way to think about this um, is initially kind of what I thought of, of, of like my son lives partially in darkness. And what does it mean for him to be able to navigate a world that is sighted? 
Um, and how does this scripture uh, apply to him? Certainly like uh, maybe light for him is not necessarily that of physical light, but that of uh, the light of um, enlightenment as in a, a new way of thinking, a new way of navigating the world and having other people be invited into that. Um, him paving a way of, of, uh, a new spiritual rhythm, certainly for our family, for me, um, but what that means. So that kind of uh, like moves me personally, um, not just your insight, but just the scripture itself. I, uh, as to your question about the, um, what initially strikes you is the, you know, what is with the two lands here of uh, Zubalan and the land of Neftali? I, I would also, and what, what uh, I, I would be interested in, what is the, what does it mean of the, you've broken this rod, this oppression, as on the day of Midian, I, that w- is curious to me, um, and in my own journey, I'd want to know more about what that what does that mean historically speaking, and how does it apply to just having an imagination for uh, what does it mean that those who are oppressed, um, not just in Galilee uh, as in Israel, but um, for all nations that the the yoke of burden is tossed off the bar that has been put there on people uh as a as a sign of oppression of of forced labor um that that is broken and that there's freedom um it makes me immediately think of uh some of the uh language we use around addiction and what does it mean that uh, certain addictions are broken, um, either self-imposed or culturally or societally or or uh, nation states imposed? Um, yeah, those are the first kind of connecting thoughts I have of or of this passage is just um, the connection between exploring more of the idea of the 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 shadow and the light and how they are work in combination but also the hope that is seen here in in Isaiah for those who have who undergo some sort of oppression and yet in the midst of that or or in the breaking of that there is found joy and there's found rejoicing and there's found resources and there's found uh, abundance. Yeah, I first let me say thank you for bringing up your wonderful son. I think that he has so much to teach us, or maybe I should just make it personal. So much to teach me yeah, as he navigates <laughs> navigates the world, um, and I treasure knowing him. Um, I would also say there's an interesting. Um, connection that we'll talk about connecting points uh, next Tuesday, but uh, connection to the passage that we worked on a week ago, Isaiah 49. It's a nice mm. rhythm in that yeah. typically dreaming speaks about an expanded vision. There's so much language here about in darkness and shadow. And if you have a yoke of heaviness, you are often, if you're carrying a heavy weight, being careful with each step, looking down and not seeing much more than one step ahead. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in the darkness and you have 
um, a flashlight or a lamp, um, you're casting light in a within a few steps span to try and see where you're going. Yeah, that revelation uh, offers a a lightness to our, and I don't mean just like as in the sensory. I mean in the like heaviness versus heaviness. Revelation offers yeah. a lightness to to the journey. D, thank you so much for your insight. Looking forward to seeing where you go with this passage on Sunday. Thanks, Matt. Look forward to being with you and everyone else. Yes.